It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert, and I am so thrilled to have Brooke Romney on the podcast. Brooke, I actually just got done reading your book, I Like Me Anyway, Embracing Imperfection, three weeks ago. And I had contacted you. I was like, I was like mid-read when I contacted you. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I have to talk to you. I loved that book so much. And I would love to get into talking about why you wrote that and, and how the idea came about and all that kind of stuff. But for those of you who don't know about Brooke and have been living under a rock and don't know about Brooke Romney because she's everywhere and does the most amazing things. She's a writer, a speaker, an educator, and connector. She's been published in the Washington Post, the Desert News, and a host of other online publications where her pieces have been read millions of times. Last year, October 2020, she published the book, I Like Me Anyway, Embracing Imperfection, Connection, and Christ, which has changed the lives and perspective of thousands of women and men all over the world. Her next book, 52 Modern Manners for Today's Teens, will be out this fall in October. This is fall of 2021 and helps parents and teenagers adopt fresh perspectives and doable strategies for living a more successful and connected life. Sounds like we could all use help with that. Brooke comes from girly roots, but is morphed into an outdoor exploring dirt loving mom of four boys, fellow boy club mom. We're Cinderella, not Cinderella, Snow White moms with all of our little men around us all the time. Ages nine to 18 and couldn't be happier about it. Married to a man who keeps her on her toes, but loves unconditionally, even when she leaves all the cupboards open and lights on. Yep. Or air conditioning running all day long when we're not home. <laughs> when she's not writing or mothering, you can find her in a good book, volunteering in the schools or on a walk with a friend. She has a weakness for gummy candy, sunshine, youth sports and family travel, but also finds magic in the ordinary moments that have become rather sacred in our fast-paced world. Amen to that. She loves meaningful connection with family, friends, strangers, and God, and that's where she finds purpose and joy. Brooke, what an amazing person. Thank you for coming on Doing Good. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to chat with you today. I'm so excited to chat with you. So let's talk about what got you started and being such a positive influence in this world. Like, did you have you always wanted to write, to connect with others, to, to write a book? I mean, it's so funny with social media, like, like anyone can have a platform now and 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 share their nuggets of wisdom but you have been such a force for good on social media particularly when it comes to raising kids and tips for teenagers and so have you always loved writing and sharing your thoughts and opinions? Yeah. If you ask my parents, I've always loved sharing my thoughts and opinions. Um, <laughs> they actually called me Pollyanna sometimes growing up because I would always just see like the good side of things. And so that's just been a blessing. And I do believe that is just a gift that I've been given. But when it comes to writing, I, I loved writing ever since I was a little kid. I didn't really think about it like in this platform, just because I guess it didn't exist. But I always thought that would be cool to write a book or a play or something like that. I did major in English in college. It's funny though, I didn't really have any like serious aspirations about writing. I worked for a congressman and 
did some of his writing and kind of started thinking like, oh, I might be interested in this. I wrote for a couple newspapers um, after I had kids, just like a weekly column. Did you contact and, them and say, hey, here's an idea for something? Actually, I had a friend who was doing the mom beat for a paper in Arizona and she was kind of done with that. And so she asked if I would be interested in interviewing. And I just feel really fortunate they gave me the job and took a chance on me. And that kind of started me thinking, I really love to tell stories. I love to share things that I think are important. And back then it was all like, I was like three little boys. So it was all motherhood. Yes. Um, and then moved to Michigan from Arizona, ended up starting a blog called Mom Explores Michigan to kind of tell people like where to go and what to do. I saw all those awesome blogs out in Utah and, and I was like, oh, I wish we had one here. Yeah. So I started one. I was a good writer to be, be honest. I'm like a horrible photographer, not artistic, <laughs> not technical. So people were grateful for the information. But when we moved back to Utah, I knew people were doing that a lot better than I would ever be able to do it. So I wasn't sure if I had a place in like the online world, but I decided that instead maybe I would start writing about things that were important to me. I wrote my first article and I like had a pit in my stomach and it took me like two weeks to click on the publish button because it's a lot easier to write about your favorite restaurant than it is to write about your feelings. Yeah. And um, I hit publish and it was well received and ended up being republished in quite a few newspapers. And I just thought, okay, like people might be interested in some of the thoughts that I have. And so I did it slowly, put things out like only when I thought they mattered or like I felt really compelled to. Got picked up by a few different newspapers again. And then when Instagram came out, I decided that I would give a shot writing on Instagram. So I think I did my first Instagram post in 2015. And it took me probably five years before anyone was willing to pay attention to what I was saying. And so sometimes it's just doing things consistently that matter to you. In the beginning, Instagram was much more of like a beautiful platform, like sharing photos and home decor. Yes. So it took a while for people to want to go to Instagram for like information and inspiration. Um, yeah. But once they did, I felt like there was like a really wonderful audience that was ready for that. So I feel grateful for my path. It took a lot of patience, but I am so happy that I was just willing to stick with it and that there's people that now are interested in reading and more than anything, just the community that we've created there yeah. where people like help each other and answer each other and give their ideas and thoughts. It's just been a really beautiful thing for me to be a part of. Well, it's such a beautiful just reassurance your story that everyone is needed. Every voice is needed. And when you were trying to be the mommy blogger in Michigan and, and do, you know, that Nini dialogues or whatever, you know, pink peonies. I mean, there's so many, there's so many blogs and they, and they're, they've been so successful at what they do, but that you're like, well, this is what I'm good at. And this is what I'm going to do. And it is scary to put yourself out there and be like, does anyone even really care? <laughs> yes. Like who cares? And, and you can kind of work yourself into the biggest hole of self-doubt of nobody cares what I think, like why? But they really do. And it's just another testament that people, one person can make a huge difference and, and your voice matters. Everyone's voice matters. Your opinion matters. And you've been able to use that to connect with so many people. I have to ask you about the whole po Pollyanna and I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Listening to your book, sometimes I was like, okay, I cannot connect with this because I am more, I'm grumpy. <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I am. I get grumpy and, and I kind of get like, the world is falling apart and I have to be like, come on. Like my husband is more like you. He's like eternal optimist. Like life is beautiful 
beautiful. This he'll be like, the sun is shining, and it'll be like smoky outside. And he'll be like, look at this beautiful food. I'm like, we're reheating lasagna, and he'll be like, look at this house. I'm like, the paint's chipping off the walls. Like he's my he's my Pollyanna, and I'm more like, er, I'm like the grumpy grouch sometimes. So sometimes even listening to your book, I'm like, how how do you cultivate that optimism? You said you were just born with it, but what about someone like me that honestly was not like it's it, sometimes I honestly feel like if I think about trying to be happy today with everything I've got going on, I want to cry. And I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, but that's, that's something that I battle is being optimistic and I'm, I'm, I'm fun and I'm energetic and I'm lively, but being just positive, I, I feel kind of the weight of the world on a really deep level and anyone else's sorrows or sadness with my kids, my husband really get to me. And then I feel like I carry all of that. So what is your advice for someone like me that wants to be positive, but maybe struggles more with it? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I do have to like preface that with I'm a realistic optimist because things haven't gone right. So a lot of what there's a lot of power in being able to say like, okay, yes, like I'm not going to tell you that the world isn't falling apart. I'm not going to tell you that your kid is doing well, like because they're not <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, but being able to one of the things that I really learned that I wanted to share in that book was separating outside things that were going on in the outside, outside input from who I am on the inside. Yes. And realizing that even if no one's listening, like I still matter, I still have a purpose. Even when your kids are misbehaving and making every wrong choice, like one of the things that I had to really feel confident with was I'm doing my best in motherhood and I'm teaching and I'm loving the best way I know how. And that's all that I can do. That is truly the only thing that I can do. And so yes. if I'm doing those things, I have to separate myself from the outcome. And I have to say, you know what, I'm doing all this. And I, one of the things that I have that I say all the time is I have faith in the process. I like, love that thought so much. Everything does not have to work out right now. Like I will yes. not be, I will not see the blessings for the choices that I'm making right now. Tomorrow. Yes. Right. I will see those blessings later. And just really having a ton of faith in the process and then being able to recognize the good. I have people in my life who do struggle with recognizing the good. Like they might have 10 great things happen that day and they're going to focus on the one. And I do think a lot of that is, can be human nature, but also it can be something that we work our way out of because it is actually really difficult to stay grumpy when you say nice things to your kids instead right. of like, I cannot believe how hard he's being. He is so annoying today. Like, how can I ask him all these things and he never does them? Like you can go into a serious spiral. Yes. Whereas if he walks in the door and you're like, Hey, you know, thanks so much for putting your bowl in the sink what you really want to say is how come you don't ever put it in the dishwasher? It's so annoying. How many times have I told you to put your bowl in the dishwasher? Yes. But instead you say, thanks so much for putting your bowl in the sink. Like, I really appreciate that. And all of a sudden, like the negativity that you want to fill literally can't be there right then. Right. So, but I do acknowledge that for some people, it's a lot easier. And for some people, it's a lot more work. I do think that people have different gifts and talents that are very, very necessary. And so maybe you do see the bad, but maybe you also are a problem solver. Maybe you see the bad, but you also feel deeply. And all those things are really, really important. And so while I might, ha might have to work on one thing, you might have to work on something else. But yeah. together, we're really like, we're really important. We're really valued and we make the world a better place because of those qualities. Well, and and that's true is, and I, and, and I'm not like, I, I wouldn't say I'm negative, but I definitely, I can go to worst case scenario and, and worry and, and feel 
feel everyone else's negativity. But that's something that I've also had a lot of friends that are like, I just feel like I can share things. I often have people say, I've never said this to anyone because I'm like, get deep with me, you know, like right now, like tell me your whole life story and all the bad and all the ugly because I enjoy connecting with people on that real level and said, how are you? Good. I'm fine. Happy. It's like, well, if you're not, tell me honestly and let me sit in that with you. So that is something that, that I've noticed even with the boys, like you can tell me all your bad and negative and scary and let me sit in that with you. Let me help you through it. But, but then I need, then I need my husband to reach his hand down and pull me out of that. Like, okay, good job. And now we're going to look at the sunshine again (laughs) together. (laughs) Now let's look at the sun. So with kids and, and teaching them, how have your kids benefited from your positive attitude and your optimism? What have you noticed the decisions they've made in their life that you're like, okay, this process is working and they're taking these positive characteristics and things I've tried to teach them. They're using them in ways to bless their life. That is a great question. And one no one has asked me before. So I'm thinking about that. I think probably the best part of seeing the good is seeing the good in people. My kids have been able to take that from me. And I just feel really blessed to watch that happen. One of my kids said, I asked him about someone that like a, I met a mom whose child goes to the same school as my son and he's a teenager. And I was like, Hey, you know, do you know so-and-so? And he said, yes. And I said, what do you think about him? He said, well, a lot of people think that that person is annoying, but I think they're just fine. Oh, wow. Just to hear a teenager, like when so many people are so down on people and like say negative things and, you know, look at the negative. I just felt so blessed that he would say a lot of people feel this way, but I think they're great. They don't bother me at all. And just like a willingness to love people for who they are. Like my youngest son, he has friends like that, like all kinds of different things. He's, he's really athletic and loves sports, but he loves people who love all different things. And I just think that I hope that maybe some of that is for me, like that they've been able to see the value and the good in people. Cause really it doesn't matter. All of the other things sort of fall away. But if you can see the good in people, I think it changes your life. I completely agree. How sweet is that? That he's like, I'm going to choose to look for the good in this person and not to go with the crowd. Like that's, that's pretty powerful to have if everyone's like, we all feel this way. And to be the one that's like, I think he's great. I think he's fine. Might also make them be like, well, now we think you're weird, you know, because you like him. So that takes a lot of courage to be the one to stand up for the one. It really does. And he's, he's done it so many times and so willing and it's just been really cool. And I don't know if that's just something he was blessed with or something he learned, but I'm grateful for it. And I know other people are grateful for it too. So you talked about, so you have an awesome Instagram. It's Brooke Romney writes. You said a lot of times we notice when our kids, you know, do something wrong or they're, you know, how come you didn't do this? And how come you didn't do that? And you said, do we as adults pay attention to the small good things they do? Do we celebrate their little wins or just chalk it up to doing their job? Like, okay, everything's going well. So you don't really comment on it going well. It's just, it is. And then when it goes wrong, it's, oop, that's that rock in the stream. Well, what happened? What's going on? He said, do we pay attention? And that really hit me of how many times do I just walk by my kids that are getting along and be like, thank you so much for bringing peace into our home. You're all playing together. I just, I'm like, oh good. They're playing together nicely, but calling it out. Have you noticed that that's made a difference in your home as well? You know, peace wise to call out the little good things they're doing. Just so much. And honestly, like anyone that comes to me and says, like, I'm really struggling in my relationship with my teenager. Like, it's really hard. It's really bad. Like, it's spiraling and it's getting worse. I often say, like, how often do you notice the good things? And I cannot tell you, you know, we've had an experience with that in our own home 
where sometimes there weren't a lot of good things. Like, honestly, like, even if you're searching hard, there weren't that many good things. And in order to change that relationship, I just feel like it's the first step that you can take is start noticing the good. And it doesn't happen immediately, but it's kind of magic what happens when they start realizing my parents like me, they see the good, like they don't only want to talk about the bad things. And then all of a sudden you're someone they want to come to. You're someone they want to have a relationship with. I think in that same post, I said something like, it's hard to push away the people that see you as your best. Yes. And so it's just something where I just thought, you know, and especially like if you have kids who are struggling, the ones who need it most are the ones where there's the least amount of, of things to say. And it's so you so just true. have to like dig deep. I remember one time just being like, I'm so happy you're in our family. And honestly, I'm not sure I believed that. <laughs> but I was like, I got to find something. I, I got to find something today. And today it's I am so happy you're in our family. You bring so much energy. And sometimes that was negative. energy. Yes, but there's a lot of energy. But there's energy. Yeah. And I know. And so just starting small and just like making a real effort. Like the other day, I texted one of my kids and just thanked him for he was supposed to go to mutual. And sometimes he's not super jazzed about that. And honestly, in my mind, it's just like, well, this is just something you do. But instead, yes. I just said, thank you so much for going willingly today. And just like texted him really quick. And it's not like he wrote back like, you're the best mom ever. Thank you so much. But I just wanted him to know that the small things that he does really do make a difference. Yes. And I think it's, it is hard when you have a prickly child, one that is coming up to you for a hug and you're like, oh, it's so abrasive. Like, I know you need that, but I want nothing more to be like, no, don't touch me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. But they are, they, they are the ones that need that the very, very most. And so just pointing out those little things and, and saying, you're doing a good job or thank you for doing this. My mom would always say she went after I became a mom and she'd hear me like, why are you doing that? And sometimes, you know, of course, parenting the parents, which grandparents, it's their favorite thing to do. <laughs> they get to do, they get to like relive it and be like, oh, right. see, and watch what you're doing. And like, mm, I told you, yep, you'd have one just like you. There he is. There he is. Right there. And one day I was just, my mom would always say, I am what I think you think I am. Mm-hmm. I am what I think you think I am. If you think I'm bad and I'm annoying and I, even just the energy we put off, like, don't touch me, go away or watch TV. They'll be like, my mom doesn't like me. I'm annoying. I'm, I'm weird. She doesn't want to be around me. Even if I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> are annoying right now. That is true. <laughs> that is true. But, but they do, they'll, they'll start to think that. And I have noticed that my attitude towards my kids and what they're doing, it just affects them so much. Even if they don't act like it and they're all fighting, like what's going on? I'm like, oh, what has my attitude been like today? And yeah. has, are they reflecting back? I called my mom one day about my son. It's my, my number three, we call him. And he's our, I'm like, if all my kids were a light, my oldest would be like a flashlight. He's like straight and narrow, right, wrong. He's cute little deacons corn president. Like he just is, reads the scriptures every night. Like not saying that that means you're perfect, but he wants to be obedient yes. and he is exact with it. And just, you know, this is, this is it. This is the black and white. And then I would say my second is more like a campfire. Like we all want to be around him. He's fun. He's warm. He's darling. And my third is a firework. Like he's loud. He makes his presence known. Like it's just, whoa, there's Briggs. Like he just walks into a room and everyone pays attention to him. And he kind of steals all the attention a lot. Like everyone looks at him and looks at him because, and sometimes it's, it's like, oh, you plug your ears. But one day I called my mom about him and I'm like, I, it's, it's me or him. One of us will not make it to, like, <laughs> to his adulthood. I don't like one yes. of us is not going to survive. And she said, Kim, I'm going to tell you something grandma told me about you when you were his age. And she said, don't break him. 
She's like, he's building a strong spirit. For some reason, he's going to have to be that strong, tough little firecracker. Don't break him. And that has helped me so much when he's being just wild and crazy. I'm like, okay, no, he has this passion for a reason. If I can help like channel it somewhere good, but it's helped me not to, instead of just dousing that water on his light to be like, okay, let's, let's help this be a good thing. Let me help you shine and celebrate your light and be excited for it instead of (gasps) frustrated with the the things that he does. I love that. that I love that so much. That's beautiful. So let's talk about your new book, speaking of kids and raising them and, and different ideas. So this, your next book, 52 Modern Manners for Today's Teens. So tell us about what, what are these modern manners? Are they the same things that we were taught growing up? Are they new because of just the new world we live in? And why do you think it's important for teens to have manners right now? So, (laughs) so I just, one of the things that I realized, so I have three teenagers right now and have had a lot of teens in and out of my house. And what I realized was because of electronics, their heads are down a lot. So they're not observing the world like they used to, or even like we used to, where, you know, we would sit and wait for our mom while she was talking to a friend and could kind of like observe what was going on. Now they don't have to do that anymore. They put their headphones in, they look at their phone, whatever it is. And so as people were coming over to my house and I was, I was observing my own children, I realized how many things they were missing. So for instance, they can just text and tell their friend that they're, they're here. So they just text, say, I'm here. So no one like rings the doorbell. They just like walk in, they go down into the basement And I'm realizing, okay, they're not stopping. Like I'm standing right there, like in the kitchen. They don't say like, hey, how's it going? Thanks for letting me come over. Same thing happens when they leave. You have all these teenagers there at night. We'll be sitting on the couch. They literally sneak up from the basement. Don't say a word. Go out the front door. That's it. Like they also don't know how to like introduce themselves if they're in a group that they don't know because they haven't watched people and they can just like go to their phone and feel secure and safe. Like they don't have to reach, reach out. There's just so many things I was observing. Even like now there's electronic things. Like you don't just leave one per, like you don't kick one person out of a group text. That's not nice. You don't do that. You don't start a new group text with nine of the 10 people who were on the old one. Like that's unkind. Don't do that. So there are lots of things that I was observing from my kids and their friends. And I just thought, you know, they actually don't know. They're not trying to be jerks. They're not trying to be unkind or not polite. They just don't know. And so I started sharing a tip every Friday and people were really excited about those. And I saw like, this isn't just my kids or like their group of friends. This is, this is teenagers in general. And so this, this book basically has one tip that you can go over each week with a little bit more information about the why behind it, why it's important. And when we ask why this matters, I think why it matters is because kids become more confident when they can move about the world knowing what's going on. Yes. Like it's, it's amazing to see those kids who like know how to speak to an adult, know how to say, Hey, thanks so much for having me over. And then you get positive reinforcement from the adult. Like, Oh my gosh, we love to have you. Like, thanks for saying goodbye. And they're like, wait, like I just did something awesome. Yeah. Or you hear like, Oh, my parents just love you. You're so nice. You're so respectful. You're so whatever. And it's like, wait, I'm doing good things. And yes. Or, you know, one of them is about advocating for yourself in school. Like you can talk to a teacher. If you don't know, you ask questions, you do these types of things. And so these tips will help them move about like in their own world, in their online world, in a world with adults. And when they see like this is working, their confidence goes up. And when teenagers' confidence goes up, 
they are so much more powerful. They're more willing. They will take risks. They will take chances. They will start to become who they want to be because they see that what they're doing is working. It's really hard when you're just like in your phone, you feel uncomfortable with people. You don't know who you are. You don't have talents. One of the tips says, when someone asks you what you like to do, have an answer. I love that. Just knowing like someone might ask me this. So I'm going to figure out what I like to do. And at the end of that tip, it said, if you don't have an answer, start trying more things. I love that. You've got to be able to like approach the world with confidence. And one of the ways that we as parents can help them do that is by preparing them. And we think they get it and they're observing and like, it'll just come, but it really won't because they're not in the world like we were. It's so true. And I love that you've written this book and that you've noticed like there is a need for this. And it's absolutely true. My son, like I said, he's our cute little Deacon's Corn president and he was so young. So his birthday's in December. So he had just turned 11 and then was called as the president in January because he turned 12 of that year. So he was this little 11 year old with 12, almost 13 year olds being in charge. And that's his personality. Anyway, his teachers have written like whenever we get like the little feedback at parent teacher conference, he's a quiet leader. He Mm. leads through example. People watch him, but he doesn't say a lot when he does talk. It's, it's impactful and sweet, but he doesn't, he's not inserting himself like, like my little firework is like inserts into every conversation, has an opinion about everything. And you kind of have to dig a little bit more with my oldest. And I, but I've noticed through the last year, like, Hey mom, can I send a group me in? Hey mom, I'm going to ask this guy to come over and hang out. And Oh, I've noticed this deacon wasn't here. I might bring him cookies this week. And just little things of him in this leadership position that has really brought him out of his shell. And we've tried to And it's hard for me as a mom to watch him when people are like, hey, Boston, what do you think about this? And I'm standing beside him and he's kind of quiet for a minute. And my instinct is to answer for him. And I realized that I did that a lot for him. I would speak for him a lot and he would Mm -hmm. let me like my mom. And so the hardest thing has been for me to sit there. And even if it's a really awkward silent, and sometimes the adult will look at me and I'll just keep looking at him like, he'll answer. (laughs) And it's hard, but to give him that, like I can talk to him and then he'll, oh yeah, I really like mountain biking. That's something. And then, oh wow. And then they can engage, but it's been hard to, to sit back and watch them grow their man. It is hard when you're like, oh, like it's cringy sometimes. It is like, let me fix this awkward situation for you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've really, so I'm like much more of like a step in, like, I don't like people to feel awkward and I don't like my, you know, and my husband's the exact opposite. So he's really helped me with that. Like, you know, from the time they were little, like, well, can they do that? Can they do it themselves? And I'm like, well, yeah, but like that, you know, I, I don't want them to be late or, yes. be, you know, whatever. And just giving them that power has been really impactful for who they are. And just their yes. confidence has gone up so much. And of course you have to like teach and, you know, remind yeah. and help them. So yes. they're not just like flailing all the time. But I think as we do that, they get that confidence and they feel, they feel good and they feel capable. And I think it's so important. And the little things, like you said, like, like you, you were talking about in your post recently about just like looking when you meet someone smile, look them in the eye, you know, not like looking down and say, hi, my name is whatever. Nice to meet you. Like that's a tiny thing that you can practice. Like, hi. And my dad, I remember my dad teaching us how to shake hands and he's like Mm -hmm. firmly shake someone's hand. He's all don't do limp fish. (laughs) People will judge your character based on your handshake. Like they're insecure. They don't know. So when I eventually got into all my stuff that I did and all my career stuff, I never knew I'd be shaking so many hands in my whole life, but (laughs) 
right. Every time I would, they, I would get comments like, wow, you've got a great handshake. And wow, you're really confident. Like even right off the bat, like you're assertive. Yeah. And even if I didn't feel that way, just kind of faking it with like a good handshake. But these things is like, do people even shake hands anymore? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if we'll ever shake hands again. Maybe we, we do. Right. right. Yes. It's nice to know how to do it right. It's nice to know how to do it. Yeah. Or, or at least just how to like meet someone with confidence. Yes. And I think even just like helping them and having them practice, even if they don't feel it on the inside, like realizing like you can still show it on the outside and even like the inside can come later. Like after you've received, you know, people are saying like, wow, you're really confident. You're like, am I? Well, I don't know. I guess maybe I am confident. Yeah, you know? I guess I can't. Yep, maybe I am I what am. I think you think maybe I am. Maybe I am outgoing. Maybe I am a leader. I, I've never really thought about myself that way, but maybe I am. So. Yep, yep. And it's true. And and they can start looking at themselves in a different way. And especially when it comes from a loving or trusted adult that gives them a compliment. Oh my goodness, to see my boys' faces light up when someone says something that's not me or my husband, something kind about them and has made me be like, oh, when my kids' friends come over, I try to look for the good things in them too, because it does mean a lot like, oh, wow. It really does. I'm, I'm amazing. So what's another, what's another manner that, you know, you have 52 of them. What's another thing that you feel like is important that our kids know how to do these days? Another one that I think is important is just respecting people's homes. So when you go into a home, like realizing that everyone has different ideas of what's appropriate there. So, you know, saying things like, would you like me to take off my shoes? Not taking food outside of the kitchen. Like it might be okay in your house, but maybe it's not okay in theirs. Somebody else said like, don't lay down on my decorative pillows, you know, like move those to the side. (laughs) Just different things like that. And just, I think there's so much confidence if a kid can walk into a house and say like, hey, would you like me to take off my shoes? Or you're eating dinner and, you know, they say like, hey, can, you know, another one that was important was pitch in. Like if everyone in the room is preparing dinner, like even if you're a friend at a friend's house, you're like, what can I do? Would you like me to set the table? Yes. Could I cut this for you? And then like, even, you know, taking it to the next step, like if you're at a young women's activity and there's a bunch of chairs out and the leaders start putting away chairs, start putting away the chairs. Like just simple things that I think our kids like just doesn't even cross their mind. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you're somebody that's helpful. You see needs, you pitch in, like you're someone I can count on. There's so much that comes from someone just being able to do really simple things. Absolutely. And I've noticed that as a young woman's leader, when I'm, you know, I was carrying some big coolers in and there were two girls. I'm like, I know these are going to be the girls that come every time. Sister Herbert, how can we help? And I'm like, will you help me carry these coolers? And I told their dad, I said, and it, which is so funny because he's like, it's not always like that at home, but yeah. we have taught them. And I'm like, but wouldn't you rather, I mean, home, you know, it's the learning ground, but wouldn't you rather that they take all that and then they actually are applying it, you know? Into the well, I have world. seen that honestly so much with my kids where I'm like, you guys seriously do not know how to do anything. Like I'm yes. so scared for you. And yeah. then you watch them in the world or somebody tells you something they did and you're like, okay, oh, they're listening. They yes. just don't want to act like it if it's like about us. You yeah. Know? So, so just, I think that's like another thing when I say like, trust the process from before, just realize that like all the good you're doing, all the things you're teaching, like you may not see that right now, but like you might see that when they're parents, like it might take a while, but you might say like, wow, I, I like thought for sure that this kid would not do X or Y or Z. And all of a sudden you're like, look at you, look at you having healthy, successful relationships. This is awesome. You know? I, that's awesome. And it, it is, it's, it's sometimes you think, oh, I'm so, I'm so afraid. And I know my mom said the same thing about me. I was a total slob growing up. Like my room was a mess all the time. Like she, I couldn't go out with my friends unless she 
literally she'd come into my bathroom and if there were spots on my mirror, I had like, my friends would be waiting in the car and I'm like, I'm Windexing my mirror. And my mom, and she's like, I will teach you to be clean. I never got it. I was a horrible college roommate. I feel so bad. We laugh about it now. I mean, we had dishes in our sink for weeks that grew mold. Like I was awful. And now I'm like, I, it means so much to me to keep a, keep a clean house and, and, and not it's with four boys. I know, you know, it's impossible, but yeah. some kind of order. And, and my mom has since told me like, you are such a fantastic cook. Your house looks so clean and like, way to go. Like you finally, <laughs> you know, you did it. You got it. Like it you did matter it. what I was yes, thinking. You got so it. yeah, just having that long-term perspective means a lot. Yep. So what is one thing that you hope your kids will maybe take into their own homes in the future? You mentioned a few posts back about what is something you thought was totally normal your family did, but once you got married, maybe realize it wasn't everyone's norm and yours was that you would sit around this dinner table and talk for hours and hours and you would, you'd only like pick three restaurants, right? That you would eat that. And ours was the same. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was me. It was (laughs) Nielsen's frozen custard. It was cafe Alicia. And then sometimes like we'd go to Robentino's, which was like an olive garden, but yes. we never veered like right, never. never. That's no, how we, we were. We never yeah. veered, but you would sit around until you said the chairs were too uncomfortable. You just sit and chat. And I'm sure those, those little dinner conversations, of course, we know now studies have shown that eating dinner together as a family is so important for kids and teens. They're open up and share. We do goods and bads at our dinner and we purposefully bought a round table and comfortable chairs. Cause I'm like, I want this to be just a gathering place. And my boys, they'll stand on the chairs. They'll be under the table. Our dog will be eating (laughs) off the food. It never really turns out. But I hope that that's something they take into their homes of like we ate together and and that's important to us and we want to eat together. So what's something that you hope that your boys will take into their own homes in the future that you've taught them? Oh, there's, I mean, of the million things, but like the little thing, but something little like that I hope they take in is that like everyone's welcome and everyone feels loved. I, We're not always perfect at it because sometimes life gets in the way and, you know, but I hope, you know, we've had lots of kids in and out of our house and girlfriends that come for a month or two and things like that. And I just, I always want, I've always wanted people to feel like loved and welcomed, no matter who they are, what they look like, like what their interests are, if they're religious, you know, all those things, like they don't matter to me. And just being able to leave like feeling loved and cared for. And I just hope they do the same thing. Even if it's just like in small ways, we've lived a lot of places and we just always did our best to like welcome people into our home. And even when it was small and messy and like not great, like we wanted people to be able to come and feel loved and safe there. So that's probably something I hope that they do as like teens and young adults and adults. I think that's so beautiful. I saw a welcome mat one time that said, come as you are. And I thought that was so beautiful. Like just come in, come as you are. You don't have to be perfect to be here. We will love you. And, and, what a beautiful legacy to leave for your kids that we are a safe space. Our home is a safe space for you and for your friends. And you can be that safe space for someone else because everyone needs somewhere to go that they just feel loved and accepted. I think that's yes. so beautiful. Brooke, where can people go if they want to learn more about what you do and, and learn more about all these teen tips and where to buy the book and about more about Brooke? Um, so I'm really active on Instagram at Brooke Romney Wright. So you can find me showing up there often. And then if you're interested, in like old stuff or old articles or like things you can print off and share with people, 
brookromney.com has everything from long ago up till now. And then you can find my book on Amazon and Deseret Book. So, and then um, I Like Me Anyways, also on Audible. I think you said you listened to it. So yes, I listened to it. And yeah. you read it. And I'm so glad that I love it when the author read, when they read their own words and their books. And it's so fun to hear that. So Brooke, last question. What do you feel like has been the greatest good that you have done in your life? Wow, that is big. <laughs> Probably the greatest good that I have done, my willingness to share goodness. So that it's not always easy, but being willing, like whether that's in your own home, like by being positive and giving compliments and making people feel welcome, or whether that's like to people in your circle or even online, it's not always easy to do that. You know, it takes time and sometimes you feel like other people might not agree, but it's what it's done too is it's blessed my life because it's given me kind of a standard that I want to be and I don't always live up to it. But as I talk about goodness, I realize that it makes me have a desire to be better. So whether it's home, schools, neighborhood, ward, or online, just the my desire to do, to share goodness. Well, Brooke, you, you really are such a light and such a good example on social media. And I'm so grateful personally that you were born as a Pollyanna, that you (laughs) are using that to just, to just look for the good in people and in the world and, and help teach us the grumpies or, or the people that are like, Oh, I don't know. Or how can I do this? Or what difference can I really make that you really, one person really can share so much goodness and makes a difference in other people's lives. And we can do that through our kids and our kids can do the same thing. And there's, there's a lot of good that we can do individually and together as a community. And, and I love that so much about your page and about your little Instagram community that you really just promote, like we're in this together, guys, like we can do it. We can do it together and feel you make it like even just listening to your book, honestly, it, it, you just feel like I'm, you're my friend. Like you get me, you understand me. And, and even though I didn't know you, and this is the first time we've ever actually talked, I just feel like, Oh, I just feel like, like let's link arms. Like, like you're just like virtually linking arms with all of us and saying, here we go. We can do it together. That makes me so happy. Thank you. That's like all I want people to walk away with when they hear what I say or read what I say. I want them to just feel empowered to like recognize the own good, their own goodness inside themselves and yes. then just be willing to share a little bit at a time, like whatever you can do at the moment, like being able to being able and willing to share it. So well, mission accomplished. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast and for all the good you are doing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Doing Good with Carmen Herbert, available exclusively inside Our Turtle House. At Our Turtle House, there's something for the whole family. From full-length talks that you can't get anywhere else from some of your favorite speakers, to fun family home evening lesson plans that follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. There's even short daily devotionals made specifically for your teens. Plus, you can get two months free when you sign up for an annual plan. Just go to OurTurtleHouse.com to get started. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here for another episode of Doing Good next week.